This report is brought to you by Amazon. As students head back to school, there are a number of supplies and preparations underway. But while the lists may have grown, the time and money spent shopping doesn't have to. Customers can spend less and smile more when they shop Amazon for everything they need to get back to school. A one-stop shop offering the widest selection and lowest prices. And did you know? Amazon offers a discounted Prime membership option for qualifying government assistance recipients for just $5.99 per month. That's 50% off. In addition to Amazon's everyday low prices, Prime members enjoy unlimited fast, free delivery, access to exclusive savings, thousands of movies and TV shows with Prime Video, more than 2 million songs ad-free with Amazon Music, and access to more than 1,000 books and magazines with Prime Reading, something that can come in handy as those reading lists ramp up. To learn more or start your 30-day free trial, visit Amazon.com slash Prime Discount. One. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com. With your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, radiolawtalk.com. Welcome to second hour of Radio Law Talk. Fred Penny, Todd Cunin, Denise Dirks. I almost said Durst. Oh, that would have been a mistake. Denise Dirks (laughs) and behind the glass... Cal Hunter, how are you today, Cal? I'm exceptional. Thank you for asking, Todd. You're Doing exceptional. I mean, well. most yeah. people say, good, fine, all right, I'm exceptional. Well, it would be a lie if I just said that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> what did we cover in the first hour on this show? If you missed it, you'll catch it on our on our podcast when it comes out. Uh, what are those drop? Like Monday, Tuesday on RadioLawTalk.com or on any of your... Usually by Monday. Yeah. So we in the first hour, we talked uh, about the baby shark lawsuit that was filed out of some inmates in Oklahoma uh, filing a lawsuit against two guards and their supervisor for making them listen to baby shark on an endless loop for hours on end. I mean, just imagine one of them probably threw a hip. <laughs> they, they could have, especially <laughs> if they tried to dance along with it. Uh, and then th- – th- yeah. <laughs> You know, we, we talked in the first hour about, well, is this radio? It's not video. And radio it has this, it's just something romantic about radio, and it's great. But I wish we had video for what we just saw there, which is Denise doing the baby shark dance. Um, and then, well, in, in the past week or so, a new information dropped about a case. It, it, it has no bearing on that case. We talked about the revelation from Caitlyn Jenner that uh, – At some point in time, she claims that Nicole Brown Simpson had made an allegation that had told Chris, who told Caitlin, that OJ said, someday I'll kill you and get away with it. Try to follow that seven degrees of separation there. But that was an interesting. So if you want to listen to those, go back to our first hour. Catch that on the podcast. You can hear that. This, Fred, what are we talking about this year or this hour, Denise? Sorry, I said Fred, and I'm looking at Denise here. Well, I think we're going to – we have some follow-ups. We're going to bring people up to speed on the Kobe Bryant crash photo case. Yep. Uh, We're going to talk about Ghislaine Maxwell, who's 
trial is coming up here really quickly. And then we're going to talk also about the transgender person who sued um, a Catholic hospital. And that one is extremely important. And it's going to really turn on the facts of that case, I think. And that's going to be heard by the Supreme Court. Right? Oh no, they declined no, the to Supreme take it. No, the Supreme Court declined. Oh to, my gosh, declined to take it, and so um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. We when Maxwell's trial, by the way, is on the fifteenth yeah. of November. Is when they start picking a jury. Um, I believe is the fifteenth of November. And, and we're also going to talk about issues related to the uh, incident on the set of the movie Rust with Alec Baldwin. That's and what happened there. That's that's sad. That is really sad. It's really sad, but there are a lot of allegations coming out that are mystifying. Yeah, it is. Honestly. But but you guys, why do people listen to Radio Law Talk? Because Cal Hunter is our producer. Because they're smart, that's why. Because of <laughs> case or no case. Now it's time to play case or no case. Yeah! All right, here we go. You can play along. Remember, no wagering. So, you're driving along and you encounter a funeral procession. What should you do? Funeral processions have a long, rich history in this country. But they can be hazardous. Ask a Michigan sandwich shop delivery man. Jimmy John's is the name of the store. <laughs> they have deliveries to make, and, and, and one driver paid no heed to a funeral procession, and he cut into it two times, causing cars to break rapidly. And he got a ticket for his failure to yield, and he got fired. But it could have been worse. Carol Strubing was killed when her sister drove right into the path of an oncoming funeral procession. Her sister, who then had to be in a procession of her own, went to a counsel, a lawyer, to see if she could get a wrongful death settlement for her family. So I ask you, and uh, Fred, I think you're up uh, yeah. on this one, case or no case, my friend. That, okay, so this is about a lady who pulled into or pulled out in front of a procession, and it uh, one of the cars in the funeral procession hit her and killed her. She rammed. She came roaring around the street, rammed head-on into a funeral procession, lead car, the hearse. Gotcha. So it was a mess, yeah, yeah. And so she's Dead suing. bodies flying all over the place. Yeah. Oh, so wow. she is uh, suing the Hearst, uh, probably the company that, that is the funeral company with the Hearst, right? Um, I'm not, let's see. So you uh, said whether or not this was a case right. or no case of right. of who? who, who who's, who's bringing the case? Well, the funeral procession? No, the or? sister that was driving Carol the car, Struding. that sister got killed. Right. Yeah. Was she in the car with him, the sister? Yes. She was driving. Okay, got it. Now I got it. And the sister in the passenger seat died. That's what it Correct. looks like. Yeah. I got it. Okay. I'm just trying to see if Cal really knows what he's talking about. I, mean, I think he got a little little flustered there, and I'm worried about that. Your but, Honor, I'm guilty. I have nothing to do. But it probably doesn't mean he doesn't know. <laughs> I'm going to say this is an actual case, and the winner is uh, they lose for running into the funeral procession because they didn't yield the right of way. So uh, it just seems like it's a case, and the funeral company wins. All right. Thank you, Fred. Todd Kunin, what do you think about this rather bizarre story of how a woman lost her life by running into a dead person? Well, it kind of feels like, you know, a, a meshing of two different industries, DoorDash and the funeral industry. Doesn't it? <laughs> you know? Well, that's so, Jimmy well, John's. That's you know, a separate okay. thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, here's the thing. The way you set this up, you said that the sister uh, – 
pulled around, roared around the corner, and then ran smack dab into and hit the yeah. funeral procession. Now, funeral processions don't usually travel very fast. Roared could be metaphorical. I don't know exactly yes. what it was like. She just came around the corner into the path and lost her life. The, 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 the funeral processions are usually very fat, are very slow. They're not fast. I mean, they're not speeding or anything. And there is a general responsibility for anybody operating a vehicle to operate it at safe speed. And so my thought is I'm perplexed as to why it is that the driver of the car would be suing the funeral procession and not the other way around. Because, I mean, you hit them. They're there. A bunch of cars going in the same direction headed to the same area is not a violation of the law. And usually they have folks to uh, cordon off intersections. Police sometimes do it if it's going to be a long funeral procession. So I will say no case. Okay, thank you. By the way, in some states, you can actually, the lead car can run red lights in a funeral procession. Uh, Denise Dirks, what do you think, case or no case? Um, this is a case where Cal, just he's so fascinated by the local ordinances. And this case means <laughs> that the it. funeral procession um, operator had to cordon off the, the blocks, had to make some kind of effort to let other traffic know that this procession was going, and they failed to do that. Thus, under the ordinance, they didn't get the right-of-way, and that did, um, the driver would not have to yield. So this is my opinion. This is a case, and that the woman who drove into the procession wins against the funeral procession, or even that could be against the city if the city had the duty to coordinate off and, and coordinate. but or, or provide a police escort or something like that. You're correct. thinking maybe something like that. That's the only thing I could think of in your warped little mind that you would think <laughs> of. <laughs> now my mind is warped and little. Well, you're right about my brain being warped. That's a separate story. <laughs> I wish my tummy was little. <laughs> Cal, You're thinking so, about food. It's second know, hour. He's thinking about food. I already had a kid bar. <laughs> hey, Cal, yeah. tell us, can I, can you just make sure, oh, you're going to, dang it. Well, we got a minute. I know, but I wish we would, okay, we're going to know the, the answer when we come back, because I really need some points, Cal. I just really need some points. Well, what did you proclaim on this? I said it was a case, and the funeral procession people win. Hmm. So let's hope I... Uh, but I think he chose Todd, the safe I, and no, easy answer. <laughs> no, I think Todd wins. I think it's not a case. Well, but I need some points too. You know, I know. We'll be back after this. Uh, hang on to your seatbelts and you know, kind of just buckle in. I always say buckle in. It's like a jet. It's like we're taking off on a jet. Good. Yes. So trade tops up all that stuff. We'll be back with more radio law talk in just a minute. Don't go away. Stay tuned for more Radio Law Talk. It's coming right up after we break away. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. 
I've got to get my car washed. This dirt, it just won't do. The best thing about Quick Cut Car Wash is whenever you go through, the smell on your car is always great, and they have super fun lights and colors. But I don't have no time today. I don't know what I do. Your car smells good and it's clean at Quick Cut Car Wash. And I know this place right down the road. Quick, 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 quack, car, car, car wash. Quick, quack, car wash. Get the quick quack confidence. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Get the quick quack habit. Take a car once a week. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. I like quick quack because of the mascot, Quackles. Come on, quick quack car. So we sell unlimited membership for per vehicle. You can add a family plan and add an additional vehicle at a discounted rate. Don't drive that dirty car. Do you run a business and want to learn how you can get between $10,000 to $5 million in 60 seconds? We're Biz to Credit, a top-rated online financing provider to hundreds of thousands of America's business owners. If your business does at least $120,000 a year in gross sales, we can get you more money to run your business in as little as 72 hours. Our terms are simple, repayment plans are flexible, and based on your cash flow. Plus, the paperwork is minimal, and the approval process is fast. So in the time you've listened to this commercial, you could have learned if you qualify to get up to $5 million in cash deposited to your business bank account in the next two to three days. Funding specialists are ready to take your call right now and get you the money you need fast. Call 800-559-5523. That's 800-559-5523. Again, 800-559-5523. Call now. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-738-0170. You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic. And maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk-free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy PetJoy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? He said call Pet Joy right now. 800-711-9218. 800-711-9218. That's 800-711-9218. 
you pay my fee. I'll take your case. You're listening to Radio Law Talk. And now back to the show. We're back to find out case or no case. I am predicting Todd Kunin wins. Sorry, Denise, but uh, this about a uh, Jimmy John's is an example of a Jimmy John's driver that uh, had pulled in and out of some funeral processions, uh, processions and got fired. But this is about a lady. Uh, the sister was driving and kind of went right in front of a funeral procession and he got hit by, looks like, the limo. And the sister that was the passenger died and lawsuits flew. And the question is... Uh, did the sister win the case against the funeral procession? And uh, Denise said, and I both said this is a case, and we both said that the, I said the funeral procession wins, and you said the opposite, didn't you? Yeah. You said the lady wins because the funeral procession did not properly have, you know, the plea people out there or stopping people and keeping it safe. Todd said this was all a ruse. It is not a case. Well, uh, funeral directors say that driving in or near a procession is risky these days because most drivers are unaware of the laws and customs that surround them. They're also busy on their phones and distracted while driving, and many just don't care. So there are laws in Arizona, Idaho, Kentucky, Montana, North Dakota that give funeral processions a right-of-way at all intersections, implying they can run red lights and drive through the stop signs. So... It boils down to showing good manners and showing respect for a grieving family. So that's the pretext. And uh, Is it a case? Who, or said, no who case? said it was a case? That uh, was, Denise uh, and I said it was a case. Okay, well, congratulations to yes. you. Yes. Oh, oh, Todd. Oh, Todd. We need to catch up to Todd, don't we? Okay, now the question it is, Cal. a case, and who, who wins? Carol lost because she oh, didn't understand yes. the right-of-way laws relating to funeral processions. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, Fred is, Penny is not a good winner. He likes to laugh when he wins. <laughs> That's case or no case. Next hour, we'll take you to the World Series just concluded and how already legal sparks are flying over the antics of an organist. That's coming up next Antics hour. Antics of an organist. Case. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Are <laughs> we able to talk about that uh, over the air? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. It's the person who plays the keyboard, Fred. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, okay. No, I was just kidding. Denise is laughing at me. So no, I'm, I'm laughing because of my TikTok. I have to ask these things, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yes. Sounds like a personal have to check problem. That out. <laughs> We got the organist and the TikTok. All right. We're going to go on. <laughs> Walk into a bar, and the bartender says. <laughs> so, you know, we, 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 we kid and have, you know, and have a lot of fun here, but this is, this is serious and sad. The, uh, well, I always say, is it Helena Hutchins, right? Helena is how she says it. Oh, Elena. I think it's Elena. A, she doesn't use yeah. the H. Yeah. I think it's Elena Didn't. Hutchins, right? Yeah. And she was a cinematographer, and I read about her. And what a great story. She's either Ukrainian or Russian, but she uh, came across the United States and is kind of the up-and-coming cinematographer. She's married and has a child. Well, she started off in Cinema Verite where she was yeah. doing documentaries right. from England, in England, right? Right, right. So, yeah, she's, yeah she's, she's, she's got a, a, a career that is uh, spotted with some great things, but really hit it when she came to the United States, you right? Bet. Yeah. And, and she is uh, on the Rust stage, and this 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 movie, Rust, it's a Western, and it's based out of New Mexico. And the way it's set up is 
Um, um, it, you know, it's kind of a typical Western with guns and shootings and stuff like that. And, and, and the issue here is safety, right? And they have a person called, a, what is it, an armorist, they call it? An armorist or something like armorer. that? An armorer. Armorer, which is the person that's in charge of the guns and yes. explosions and, and, is, and safety for that. And they have this individual there. And there's been a lot of allegations going on, of course, obviously after this incident. And the allegations are there, they didn't have safety meetings. They didn't have, uh, you know, the, the, they've had some whoopsies where the guns have gone off that they didn't think they – uh, were loaded, and I'm talking uh, these were blanks, but they still went off when they thought they weren't loaded. Um, and and there was a lot of issues concerning working um, conditions. And in fact, they had what day or two days before this incident had walked off the set. Isn't that right? The a lot of the people. A lot of the workers had walked off the set. It, it, there's allegations that it happened right. a couple of days and even on the day of. Yeah, and then and then there's allegations. The One of the biggest allegations is they were upset because mainly they would make them drive all the way to Albuquerque to where their hotels were. So it's an hour commute there and back instead of getting a local hotel's. Right next to where the set was, or um, and also long hours, yeah, hard, twelve hard to fourteen days. hour days. Yeah, so there was a lot of complaints going on, and there were some issues. And then this apparently had a budget of what seven million dollars, which, by the way, is is nothing. I mean, pocket in, change. Yeah, it's pocket change compared to what most movies you know happen. Yeah, it's or a low budget movie. So um, anyway, what happens is they're doing a shot. Alex Baldwin's in it, and he's apparently one of the producers. Is that correct? Yes. And so what he does is he is during practice time. He uh, the you know the shot discharges. He's practicing and he's saying, okay, this is how you want to swing it because they're going to take the video of him shooting toward the camera, and it was just a practice. And apparently, the armorer wasn't there, but a, the, apparently the guns are sitting on a platform, you know, and then and then the. Assistant producer or vice assistant director. Yep, assistant. There we go. Assistant director says, you know, it's cold. What is the, What's the word? Cold weapon. Cold wep. Cold weapon. Whatever. Yeah. Which is there's nothing there, and it shoots, and and uh, you know the videographer was right there, and she got hit in the chest and died basically. So we know that story. Sad, sad story. The question is: Is someone going to be criminally liable or civilly liable? Well. Well, the reason we're bringing it up now, we're following this, is um, and an individual, by the way, who we know, my, a lot of my partners actually know him better than I do, um, is looks like is going to be the lawyer for the civil action. And they're about ready to bring the wrongful death lawsuit against a number of parties. And the question is, you know, how's this going to work? And I'm going to tell you when we come back how it's going to work with a civil lawsuit coming forth. And I think it's going to take a little while till they determine if there's going to be any criminal liability. And we're going to tell you what the armorers, lawyers, are saying when we come back. This is very interesting. So many twists and turns in a case that's right out of the headlines. And we'll have more information on it for you when we come back right here on Radio Law Talk. Stay right there.
Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. Keep listening for an exciting offer from U.S. Med. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain and inconvenience of pricking your fingers over and over again by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM. You can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers right away. If you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call today and learn about the latest CGM technology. 800-251-7560. 800-251-7560. We'll tell you all you need to know about CGMs. A CGM can immediately reduce pain. It's accurate, easy to use, and helps you make better diabetes treatment decisions. And with insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now to learn more. 800-251-7560. 800-251-7560. Plus, get free shipping and we'll bill your insurance company for you. CGMs are the newest in diabetic technology. They can help you stay in range and manage your diabetes better. Call now to receive your new continuous glucose monitor at little or no out-of-pocket cost. And delivery is free. Remember, if you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call today and learn about the latest CGM technology. Call 800-251-7560, co pays and deductibles may apply. 800-251-7560, that's 800-251-7560. Sponsored by U.S. Medical Supply. Three, four. I like the Amadrosa Valley Radio Law Talk. I like that show. Now, Radio Law Talk continues. Here's your host, Fred Penny. Yeah, we're talking about rust and the uh, allegations going on with the rust case and the investigation and uh, talking about it, generally speaking. Uh, uh, look, a couple of things you got to understand. And, and, and Todd brought up something really interesting during the break. And the biggest complaints seem to be – don't forget, after something happens, then the complaints get bigger and bigger. But the main complaints is the – they, they didn't like, that is, the crew didn't like driving almost an hour each way to Albuquerque to their hotels and back. They wanted hotels closer, so that was the dis, being disgruntled. And they were working 12 to 14 hours a day. These are allegations, right? Everything's allegations right now, we're saying. So we're just putting that as a caveat. Um, and so uh, that's why they had walked off a day or two before some of the uh, cast members. There had been accidental discharge or claiming of a blank that was supposed to be a cold gun or a, or didn't even have a blank in it uh, uh, at someone's foot. Uh, another person, uh, Denise, you said, uh, was trying to claim that, uh, oh, the stunt double claimed that there was another accidental shooting. When I say shooting, there was not a bullet in it, but it was like the, the – uh, uh, the blank went off when it shouldn't have. But well, the blank can kill you, a person, depending on how close you are to it, right? It depends what type of blank it is. It, I it, guess. it does. It yeah. does. It, it depends what type of blank it was, and especially if nobody checks the chamber to see if there's other debris in the chamber. 
Um, uh, look, th there was a claim that somebody had a rifle barrel down and and that it might have been in the ground, right? Dirt or whatever. And and here's the danger that if that was true and there was still just a blank in there, well, the blank is still going to have a, a discharge of a sound. Wad, there's a just, wad, there's no projectile in the sh in the bullet itself that it pushes out. But it will push out anything that might be lodged in the barrel, and that becomes the projectile. That's what happened in the uh, Brandon Lee case back in the 90s. But, um, and John, oh, I didn't and know John Eric Hexham, remember when he this, was yes. goofing around on the yeah, set? That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's the one I was thinking of. Right. Yeah. And, and, it, and he put it next to his head. Yeah. And it was mm -hmm. the blank that – it was the wad that, that – Correct. Him, right? They, they yeah. have the wadding in there because it catches fire and gives right. that nice, you know, right. that. Per, uh, light. It's what leads to the recoil. It gives the it gives the appearance of the of the uh, discharge of a gun. A little smoke that comes out of the gun, and and cin from a cinematic standpoint, it it makes the it makes the movie makes feel real. Right. Yeah, I didn't know that in the. I didn't realize because of like the. You know, when they're spinning the – when you have the old Colt-type guns where yeah. you can see the, the bullets. Yes, the they revolver. Have, they, they have to have it actually look like that. I didn't realize – because blanks are usually flat, right? That's right. They, don't, they don't have the projectile on the end. But these have a projectile-looking thing. It looks that way. So it looks like a real gun, right? Yeah, but I, I heard that something is different about the uh, blank bullets that you can hear a difference or something, right? Yeah, so th there's a couple of things. First, if if you if you have a blank that you're using because you want to be able to get the sound, uh, the sound of the firing, and and you want to have the the appearance of the smoke coming out of the gun and the recoil feels natural, then those are blanks in the sense that they have the wad, but they don't have a projectile that they shoot out. What Fred's talking about is a different type where you want to see in the chamber, it looks like there's a bullet in there. And those type of bullets are where you have a shell casing and you have the projectile, but there's no wad. There's no, there's nothing to propel the bullet. If you hit it, it's not going to go off, but it's there as a prop to make it look like that. And then you've got live bullets. And so there's all these different types of things that you can have. Now, in the Rust case, there were not supposed to be any live bullets on the set. None. That's what the armorer has been saying. There should have been no live bullets on the set. And if through the investigation it appears that a live bullet was somehow put in that gun, given to Alec Baldwin, and went off, now the investigation would be looking toward who put, who introduced a live bullet on a set where there should not have been any live bullets. And and that's why the investigation goes around the way that it does because if they have to identify that person and find out find out why that person intentionally introduced a live bullet, now you're talking about some significant criminal charges. Okay, you, you, other folks still going to have to deal with negligence charges, criminal negligence, and what have you. But there's somebody out there if that allegation is true who introduced a live bullet. Now. We have all of these claims of disgruntled employees for whatever reason, working 12 to 14-hour days, to which I say, yeah, welcome to Hollywood, cry me a river. That's just a, that's a movie set that, day. That's that, a movie set that, day, exactly. Yeah. And you knew what that was when you got into it. But people having to drive an hour back to their hotel, why didn't they have something closer? They say all of this, and, and a lot of people may make that statement trying to – using – terminology of the day, throw shade onto the production to say, see, they had a production that was so shoddy and they're making us do all of this stuff. But what's really going on, if somebody is making those allegations, is they're providing for law enforcement 
motive for somebody to maybe have introduced a live bullet into a place where they're not. And, and the law enforcement has to sort all this out. We've got a lot of witnesses there. Yeah, what's interesting is um, the Daily Mail talks about this, and others do, but the difference between live rounds and blanks is the tip of the cartridge. I'm looking at the pictures, and I knew this, where the lethal bullet is contained is not there on a blank. However, it says sometimes they're replaced with cotton or paper. Dummy bullets, unlike blanks, look like ordinary bullets but aren't meant to contain the metal uh, bullet tip either. So they, they're, they, that's like a paper-looking tip. So they mold one somehow out yes, of paper. Yeah. Yes, and so that's probably – I don't know what the deal is. Do you touch it? Do you see if it's really – you know? I now, don't know. Now, it, in affidavits, the bullets that they were supposed to be using are easily identifiable or typically identifiable if you pull the bullet out and shake it. You hear the sound of like little tiny BBs rattling around inside. That lets you know that it's been replaced, that there's nothing that is going to discharge the uh, any projectile. And what Gutierrez, who's the armorer, is claiming is that she checked every one before she put it in. Now, whether she checked it and then left it on a cart for two hours or checked it and gave it to the assistant director, her claim is that she shook and checked every bullet, heard the BB sound, put it back in, should have been good. And at some point in time, if what she says is true, after that and before the gun got into Alec Baldwin's hands, somebody introduced a live round. Would, that's that's what law enforcement is investigating. Would she make a record of that check? Would she? Is there a logbook or something where she would say check? I mean, it's something, I, I know that's extreme. I just wonder. I doubt that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know that her her attorneys have made a, a number of statements. That's this is the armor's attorneys that, uh, but that number one that Colt had been locked away in a safe place. Um, the box of dummy ammunition was in the prop truck, um, but it was uh, unattended at all times giving someone access to that. And that's what she's saying. She didn't – it wasn't in her possession the whole time. And don't forget, it was left unattended on a tray for two hours after she had checked it, right? So it's sitting there for two hours before the – this is their – this is her, the lawyers of the armorist. Her name's Gutierrez are saying because she's hired lawyers. Um, uh, and they, and their, their argument is, look, there was no loaded gun in her care the entire time that she was in charge of it. But for those two hours uh, after she put it on the tray, she was not in charge of it. She was not there. She didn't ha- didn't have access to it. Um, and and so apparently, um, you know, she she left it and probably didn't even know they were going to be using it at that time. She also says uh, um, she spin the cylinder uh, for the what assistant producer or director. She spun the cylinder to show that each round. Um, where they were, um, but apparently there's dummy rounds, right? When you look at them, you can't tell the difference really by their appearance sometimes, right? So, um, but they said somehow they don't have. That's you're talking about. There's a hole on the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah. have holes in the yeah. sides of the bullets to, to and they right. fill it with uh, little BBs. And if you shake them, that's the telltale sign. You shake it, and you can hear the BBs rattling right. back and forth. And you know, it's a, it's the appropriate round. Uh, what I think is going to happen though is look. If the guns were left unattended for two hours, as some reports indicate that she's claiming, 
if that is the case, they were left unattended for two hours and anybody had access to them. If that is shown, the question is going to be whether or not that breached the accepted safety protocol for handling a weapon as an armorer. And if it did, I, I see liability there, potentially. If it didn't, and she's following the standard of the industry, that's where who's going who's gonna to be called then? Starts with an E, rhymes with Pexpert. Yeah, Expert. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> going to come in and say, oh, yeah, should have been this, should have been that. A lot, a lot of coulda, woulda, shoulda. Well, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the transgender man suing a Catholic hospital, uh, Maxwell case. And then Denise is going to talk about Vanessa Bryant's latest lawsuits about the pictures as we sit here and watch the little coyote stop and look in our window at our studio. We'll be back. Ah, how nice. This is Radio Law Talk. There's much more coming right up with Fred, Todd, and Denise, and you won't want to miss a second of it. So stay tuned for more Radio Law Talk after this. Fred, Todd, and Denise will be right back with more Radio Law Talk after we take this break. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call at 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. I've got to get my car washed, this dirt, it just won't do. But I don't have no time today, I don't know what I do. And I know this place right down the road. Quick, quack, car wash. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. Come on, quick, quack, car wash. Don't drive that dirty car. Quick, quack, car wash. They'll have you looking sharp. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In, ready to grow with you. If your loved one has passed away due to COVID-19, pay close attention to this message. You could be entitled to a death benefit of over $300,000. The U.S. government has set up a fund to pay families relief if they've lost a loved one due to COVID-19. 
We know this is a hard time for you, and this fund has been set up by the federal government to help ease your pain. The compensation includes a death benefit and lost wages benefit. Time is limited, so we urge you to make a free phone call right now. There's no cost to you for this claim. All legal fees are only covered once you receive your money. So if you've lost a loved one due to COVID-19, call the legal helpline right now to find out if you qualify for a cash award. Here's our number. 800-918-7092. 800-918-7092. That's 800-918-7092. Paid for by the IPG Law Group. Even in the hustle and noise of this modern world, we feel the pull of the forest to walk under the canopy and feel transformed. National forests are essential to life. Majestic and grand, they clean our air, supply drinking water to millions, and provide homes to countless wildlife. They fuel our imaginations, inspiring us to think big, and now's the time to do just that. Fires and natural disasters devastate our forests each year. That's why we're replanting millions of new trees across the country. The Arbor Day Foundation needs your help. We've heard the call of the wild and we've answered. Scientists, foresters, volunteers, and members, together we can preserve and protect our heritage and legacy. We must act now so that the generations of today and tomorrow can continue to depend on our forests. Visit arborday.org. See how you can help. Boys are weird. Are you serious? Now, Radio Law Talk continues. Here's your host, Fred Penny. So before we get into talking about a transgender individual is suing a Catholic hospital, um, and there, there's some real implications there of First Amendment rights and uh, and uh, the issues of I'm going to say it the battle of the uh, Constitution. Um, before that, I want to get into the Vanessa Bryant latest lawsuits uh, about the pictures of uh, her family members that were taken after the accident. Denise, you've got you've got. Uh, we even talked about that October 23rd, the first hour. So if you want to go back to Radio Law Talk, you can see our podcast. Go to radiolawtalk.com. Go back to our podcasts and look up October 23rd in the first hour. We, we kind of set this up, didn't we, Denise? We, we did. And the interesting thing is it, the focus has always been on um, Vanessa Bryant and the family of Kobe Bryant. But there were several other families that were involved in that crash. And apparently the police officers took pictures of all of the victims in that crash. And the underlying damages, we were talking about mental health, mental stress type damages, but reality, what they're actually suing for was making public private photos. These are private photos of people that are deceased. And, and they took it with their personal phones, not like a, a, an, an issued phone exactly. from the sheriff's department. Yeah, this wasn't used in the course of their employment um, or for that purpose. They were taken um, personally by the different firemen and police officers that had arrived on the scene and then that somebody showed those to a third person who would never have been able to see those photos and so what happened recently now is la county has agreed to pay 2.5 million dollars to settle the cases involving two other families not the bryant families uh but two other families 
um, the Alto Belli and the Mauser families. And they had alleged that they suffered em- severe emotional distress over the graphic pictures that were taken and shared by the Los Angeles County Sheriff's deputies and firefighters. So here's the first settlement in that. They have not settled yet with Vanessa Bryant. Um Maybe because there's going to be more damages um, in these family cases. A lot of the people were victims and the families that survived. Uh, there was no survivors, but the families that um, sued, they're not. They were suing on behalf of the victims and multiple victims. So now we're going to have to see what happens in Vanessa Bryant's case. Um, I think it does symbolize or at least allow us to believe that there's going to be a settlement in Vanessa Bryant's case. Uh, maybe they're just, um, you know, now arguing about value. Um, and remember, when we talked about it on October 23rd, um, the defense was going to be able to get psychological testing of um, Vanessa Bryant and her surviving family members. Right. What's interesting about that is I just realized that I realized it's not too long ago. This is in the Calabasas Mountains. And just the other day, you know, we have, I have an office down in Southern California, so I go down there. And I was just in Calabasas, and I was driving through the Calabasas Mountains. And there, there's, everyone thinks L.A., Southern California, it's all, you know, just, just crowded. But there's, there's a lot of area that isn't, that's mountainous, you know. And, and it's beautiful, by the way. Calabasas is a beautiful town. And, and I, 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 I know these general area. I was driving through the other day, and I'm just. Uh, in fact, I'll be there this week too. Do they have it marked where they? Um, no, I didn't help. see it. I wasn't. I wasn't thinking about it when I was driving through the Calabasas Mountains. I was driving through them, and then afterwards, I thought, wait a minute, that's kind of where the Kobe accident. Happened. Yeah, the Southern California is one of the only places where you can go snow skiing and go surfing in the same day. And, right. Uh, no, that's true. You know, the, there's a lot of diversity. We talked about the Rust uh, case. Uh, previously, there's a reason. There's a reason that Southern California originally became a hub for Hollywood is because depend. You don't have to go very far to have different terrain that could mimic the terrain that would be for movie sets all over the world. You've got you know sets that are like jungles that are you know similar. You've got others that are uh, barren desert wasteland, but it's all really close. To the same locale, a lot of diversity there in terms of the topography. Yeah, it is, and people don't realize Landscape. there's there's a lot of lot of uh, wilderness area out yeah. there. Um, so okay, that that's uh, that's going to continue to go forward. You know, all, everyone it thinks it sounds like it's Vanessa Bryant that settled, but it wasn't. And no, and and, and sure, Sarah Chester's family, um, they are also still um, have not settled. So there's there's more than just one family left. More than Bryant's, it's also the Chester family. So here, cause here's the question before us that we were talking about before. So you, you've got these hospitals that are some are Methodist hospitals, some are Catholic hospitals, uh, some are, you know, this religion or that religion. There are um, Adventist Health, which is uh, Seventh-day Adventist. And um, the question is, what can a hospital do or not do um, according to their, quote, religious beliefs? Uh, from the, I'm going to say, the host uh, religion. So you've got a Catholic hospital that doesn't believe in X and Y, and do they have to perform uh, those type of surgeries um, uh, that they that according to their religion they don't believe is proper? Um, and that's what happened here. An, an individual, and this is based actually out of Sacramento, California, um, it was a transgender. It's a woman becoming a man. 
um, wanted to have uh, basically uh, female parts taken out in a hysterectomy. And knowing that it was uh, – they were transitioning, uh, the hospital canceled it. After they had had it all set up, they canceled it. The said, day before the surgery. Yeah, say we're not going to – now this individual was able to at Methodist Hospital. Uh, they performed the surgery. But um, then this individual after the fact sued this Catholic hospital saying that they were discriminated against because of they were transgender and the Catholic Church or the or the uh, hospital that's Catholic that's based out of Catholic based on the Catholic Church said no we have the right under the First Amendment to follow our beliefs too so that's that's the big issue to coming up here now here's what's interesting and Todd brought up some interesting things about the hysterectomy where they do in other hysterectomies and what what was the what were the facts behind this weren't you guys talking about the facts behind this yes. yeah yeah we're talking about it here the question is whether this hospital in question otherwise would perform an elective hysterectomy or if they will only perform a hysterectomy if it's medically necessary and and i believe uh, there'd probably be no case if they performed elective and then just chose not to do this so i i Reading the tea leaves here and the articles that we've read, uh, I believe that this hospital does not perform elective hysterectomies. They only perform them if they're medically necessary. And, and that's what gives rise to the issue here because the individual is claiming that his hist- that the hysterectomy is medically necessary because without it, it conflicts with his gender identity and is uh, adversely affecting his gender dysphoria. And so it's, it's medically necessary to treat gender dysphoria. Well, that's where Mercy San Juan – or that with well, a hospital under um, – that's part of the Catholic Church – says, well, we don't agree with that. This is still an elective surgery because we disagree with the underlying basis that you suffer from dysphoria that makes it medically necessary. So that's what it's going to come down to. Well, it did. It did come down to that because what happened is a trial court held in favor of the Catholic Church and then it was appealed and the Court of Appeals said no – it was a medically necessary. There are psychiatric experts that have said it was medically necessary um, to treat the gender dysphoria, and it caused him clinically significant distress if he could not, if he now she um, could not have the hysterectomy, and so it went up to the Supreme Court, the Catholic no, Appellate Court. Uh, no, it went up to the Supreme Court, yeah, and they, they, they denied. Denied. Well, no, they just they. Well, yeah, you're right. They denied, they denied hearing. They denied hearing it, which is, right. in other words, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't make an opinion. They just didn't want to. It, it denied cert is what they did. They did. So it means that the state of the law is what's there in the, the appellate, appellate court. court. Now, here's what's interesting. I want to make sure everybody's clear on this. That doesn't mean the, tra- the transgender individual won. It does not. It that's, just that's means the point. it means they can go forward with the case because they were trying to kick it out early. Go forward with the case, and they can still win on the case level. That that was my point about why they can go forward now. It goes back, and he is now able to pursue his case because the Supreme Court doesn't did mean he's going to win. Hear it. Doesn't mean he's going to win. That's right. We'll be back after this, and we're going to do uh, hour three. We're going to do another case or no case. Cal, take us out.
All right. We thank you for listening to Radio Law Talk and remind you there's one hour left. And uh, if, you know, call your friends, wake the neighbors, get them in here and turn on your radio or listen at RadioLawTalk.com. We'll see you next hour at six minutes after for Radio Law Talk. Radio Law Talk and RadioLawTalk.com. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated. Running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-882-2093. 800-882-2093. 800-882-2093. That's 800-882-2093.